Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. My name's Charlie. And I'm Hannah and we're two 20-somethings rereading our favourite childhood book, but this time with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode we are reading chapters one and two of Goblet Goblet of Fire. Fire. I was really worried that we would say the wrong thing then and then have to take (laughs) Take a a shot shot in the intro. Yeah, (laughs) but luckily we didn't. So we are on to book four, season four of this podcast hype train hype i need to stop we read the first two chapters and we get excited about how excited we are over book four basically yeah so grab a drink and listen along and tweet us your feels yeah tweet us hope you enjoy bye bonjour I'm going to speak in an Italian accent for the entire season. How will you tell us apart? That's not even an Italian accent, it's just terrible. So you mean I'm not allowed to do a Cockney accent, but you can do an Italian one? It's not even Italian. Hi. Hi. How are you? We timed oh. this so well. Season four. So for you guys, you've listened to an episode since the new year. But for us, this is our first recording session in 2020. And, and it's the 18th of January and we're starting new season. It's like, I love how we timed this. We timed this so well. Yeah. Originally, actually, the last episode was going to air as the last episode Mm, in but January, then we had, to split, then we had yeah. to split, so it didn't quite work out. Yeah, so we're back, bitches. We're back, baby. We haven't recorded in a month. I know. I literally don't feel like I've been at your flat for so long. I like that, though, when we start a new season. I like you. Not, no, I'm joking. I just like having that gap because it feels like, <laughs> like I'm like ready to go. You're like, I like when you haven't been in here in ages <laughs> because I hate you. Um, I feel like you're reading too much into the words I said. Sure. Shall sure. we talk about um, Goblin of Fire? No, we have many we... things to do before. But, no, I forgot how to podcast. But we need to do our traditional... Oh my god, Hannah, I can't believe we were on another book. Oh. And I feel like when we discussed Prisoner of Azkaban, we were like, oh my god, it feels like the first like proper book. And it, it did, because it gets proper in terms of being a bit more complex. No, this is like a bit, the but this big is, one. This is a, like another step. Yeah. And we are definitely like repeating ourselves every but season but honestly like oh like i didn't think we'd get this far i've said that every oh season no. but i really really didn't we are just gonna repeat ourselves but these are the big boys yeah and this is my favorite book yeah i think Spoiler. it's up there like i i, I don't know it's I, my favorite i love this and i it's love my definitely hallows it's my um, favorite this has some of the best chapters <laughs> the best scenes i think i just love when harry potter takes a break from its usual thing yeah and i feel like it does this most in Goblet of Fire and in Deathly Hallows. I agree. So those, that's why they're my favourite because they're like the least Harry Potter. <laughs> I secretly just fucking hate Harry Potter. <laughs> so should we do uh, reviews first and then move on to talking about the book? <laughs> that's how oh, I need to do it. Hold on, I need to get them up on my phone. So as always, we have some reviews before we start the episode. So no, some thank yous, some thank yous for the reviews. I've forgotten how to podcast. It's shocking. We also do this a lot. Literally, I don't know why you guys are still listening. It's like pretty Honestly. much we, we say the same things. Like, start for each book. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe we got this book. Oh my God, I haven't and seen then, you in ages. And then we sing Guess Who's Back. And then Hannah or me says that we've forgotten how to podcast. And then we just make dick jokes. 
Yeah, that's it. That, that's the podcast. There's a hole in my bra. So the first thank you goes to Mrs. Badger, who says we are hilarious and nostalgic. I'm thank really you. impressed that a badger typed that. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? I didn't know a badger's had opposable thumbs. I know. And it, it's good to see that badgers have such, you know, gender equality that Mrs. Badger is able to, you know, get the access to education. I'm really proud of Mrs. Badger. Katie Bug. See, now a bug as well. Um, <laughs> Katie Bug 2000 says that we're charming and adorable, which I think is which the first time. Is, which one of us is charming and which one of us is adorable? But I think that's the first time anyone has ever used those words about either of us. No offense. Thank you to. Dory Dogo, who says, didn't know how much they like listening to drunk people talk about Harry Potter until they listened to us talking about punting frozen babies. And then they said, 10 out of 10 would fuck. Would fuck us? Yeah. Thanks. Who wouldn't fuck us? Ooh. We are neither charming nor, nor adorable. adorable. <laughs> Subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> Thank you to Maya Schoenberg. I really hope I pronounced that correctly. The only problem is not enough episodes. Well, that's about to be fixed with these fucking long books. Yeah. And finally, thank you to Monica215321, who is one of the Americans we've yet to offend. Fantastic. We can try this season. Just just leave it time. Charlie, wait. I had a surprise for you. I forgot about Can you wait? <gasps> Hold on, wait. Shall I pause? No. It's some kind of bottle. <gasps> oh my god, that's a... Oh my... Oh my god, that's so Oh, so she has a bottle filled with fairy lights that says that happiness can only be found... Happiness happiness can be found even in the darkest of time if one only remembers to turn on the light. That is so I got it for... My auntie got it for me for Christmas. Shout out to Jo. That is adorable. Isn't it? Thank you. Charlie. Hmm? What are we drinking today? Oh, God. (laughs) So, what we are drinking today has been over a year in the making. Um, I got this last Christmas from my mum. Last Christmas. Yes, it's January. Please stop doing that. You're going to trigger me. (laughs) So, my mum, ever since I came out to her, now attempts to express her love, okayness with it via buying me anything with a rainbow label. Unfortunately, including this (laughs) bottle of liquor, which which um, is all rainbow and it's called tell them the name I don't want to tell the people that the people deserve to know the people have listened to us for three seasons tell them the name of the alcohol my mother bought me a bottle of kinky pride (laughs) (laughs) and the funniest thing is this has been in our like rotation for a year but because we lovingly got a lot of new patreons and had a lot of like special episodes with guests it kept getting pushed back so we keep just referring to the episode where we have kinky pride (laughs) yep it's (laughs) the same as we need to polish off the bottle of dick Dick like, liquor. Dick liquor. Dick liquor. Where she got me a penis shaped <laughs> bottle of liquor and then gave it to me in the middle of a weather spoons. And my dad was like, put it away. Put it away. No, this isn't funny. Put it away. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been in the works for a year and I'm thrilled. Shall we try it together? Yeah, but quickly what it is. So it is super premium vodka distilled five times with succulent mango, blood orange, and passion fruit. I hate the word succulent. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Fucking hell, that's sweet. Yeah, but oh. fruity. I think feel like I've licked a sugar cube. It, it is very like mangoey. Can I have some lemonade, please? Actually, yeah, can. that's nice. I like the mango. Another fun addition of this season is this book is called 
Goblet of Fire. Our oh, who are we pod- doing this? Yes, we're telling them now. Yes! I'm letting you do it. Our podcast name is Goblet of Wine. We're drunk when we record. <laughs> Every time we accidentally say Goblet of Wine rather than Goblet of Fire, we have to have a shot. I did it several times in my notes already. If we do it without us noticing... And you guys only pick it up listening. You have to tweet us the timestamp and we'll have a retroactive shot in in preparation for the next episode. Yeah, I'm scared of this one. (laughs) I feel like I can... I don't know how much we say a book name when we talk about it. Yeah, but Goblet of Fire is a thing. Oh, fuck, Goblet... It's actually an object in the book. Yeah. Damn it! (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot. It's not like... Because you don't say the prisoner of Azkaban, but it's actually an object. Exactly. Damn it. So do you want to talk a little bit about your history with this book? I'm so bad. You always have, like, a really good story, and I just, like... Maybe I make them up. Yeah. (laughs) You always have a really good story, and I feel like my memory is just, like, not good enough. That And because... I was, like, young and dyslexic. Like, I kind of partly don't remember, and then partly it was just me, like, kind of marathoning the audio mm. books. I feel like we are getting to the point. So we would have been six when this was released. This book was published in 2000. So you would have been five, I would have been six. Oh, yeah, you're 94. I'm yeah. 95. Yeah, five, we would have been five or six. Mm-hmm. So we'd have just been starting primary school. I decided to check the date because I recently listened to our first episode and I got the date of the release of the first book wrong and it irritates me. I like want to delete that episode because I got it so wrong. Yeah. I need to go back in and like add a voice note in because I'm literally It does like, need re yeah, It does need re I need to add a voice note in about yeah. that because it irritates me now. But this book was published in the year... 2000. Yes, it was. So all I really remember and know is that this was very much at the point where I was now addicted to Harry Potter. And like, this is where my memory does start to begin that I know that I was like anticipating the release of each book, like waiting to like get the audiobooks and having like a queue at the library and it would always come out and my sister would read the book but I couldn't read yeah. so I would have to wait like several what I'm sure was actually probably like a couple of weeks but literally felt like felt a couple like, of months yeah. um, to be able to get the audiobook because there was always such a big queue and I always used to say like mum 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 make sure you do it like really in advance like reserve it and she never would um, so I would have to like wait loads of time and like my sister would like tease me because she would know like what happened so this was like very much like in that kind of stage and it must have been either the fifth or sixth book where it was because I would have been six at this time so yeah probably like one of the next two books can't remember how long there was between them there was a huge gap between either four and five or five and six yeah and then the rest were shorter gaps yeah I feel like it might be the next book where this was at the point where I had been diagnosed with dyslexia and that was when I said okay like I want to be able to read like by the final book coming out I want to be able to read it so I think it would make sense that that was about five yeah and then that's when I started actually reading them from the first book for the first time yeah so I I think that was kind of the next book but I remember that fourth book is very much like I was addicted to Harry Potter and I was getting all of the audiobooks and that's kind of all I can really say about it yeah so this is part of the book where it also crosses over into Prisoner of Azkaban where I definitely didn't read it when it came out and my memory is wrong. I feel like I watched the third film before the fourth book came out, which must be incorrect. But what I do remember is I first read this book on a ferry. And this was what restarted my love of Harry Potter. So I was obsessed with Harry mm. Like, I really wanted to read Harry Potter when I was very young because my mum was reading it. So very, very young I read it. And then because I was so young, I kind of 
fell back out of it. And then um, at some point, I was on a ferry to France in summer. We always used to get the ferry across to France. And they had a big display of the Harry Potter books, like what was out. And I remember being like, Mum, I want to read it. And she's like, we've got it at home and you haven't read it. Why do you want to read it now? I'm going to have to buy another copy if you really want it. And I was like, I really want it. And Mum was like, anything to shut this kid up on this fucking seven-hour ferry. And we got the slowest ferries to France because <laughs> I used to get travel sick. So she bought me this book and I remember like finding a tiny section between two seat backs, you know, where seats, like there's a row of seats here and a row of seats here and there's kind of a tiny gap in between. Mm. And I would lie in that tiny gap and just read this book endlessly. And I don't know how much I got through, but from then on, obsessed with Harry Potter. Like, I feel like my obsession starts from that moment on the ferry, like so addicted. And from that summer on is when like the obsession really started. And like, that was when I was rereading them every single summer and like I put on Instagram how battered my copy of this book mm. is because I just used to read it so much like at least twice a year was See, just rereading it mine weirdly is the fifth one that is like literally doesn't even have a cover yeah mine doesn't have a cover <laughs> like but it's weird because I don't know why number five especially because it's the longest one isn't yeah, it yeah but yeah that is the one that has between me my sister and my mum taken the beating yeah no ours um, was book four that really took the hit on that yeah I mean all of ours are in pretty um, dog-eared condition. Yeah, we don't have a lot of them. I think they've all kind of, we've gone through several copies and been chucked out, but the one we currently have with the fifth is just like, no. yeah. But <laughs> yeah, this is my favourite book, so I'm so excited to reread it. I know, I love this one. Shall we make a start? It's a hard not life. Four socks. It's a hard not life. Four, Four socks. socks. <laughs> I feel like this is Dobby's thing too. <laughs> Chapter one. The, the Riddle, Riddle House. House. Which one of us is going to say it? This is the first chapter where, like, the first book where it doesn't open at the Dursleys. Yeah, first chapter not to open with Harry Potter. Love it. Yes. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I love this opening, and then I love the other minister. I love the other They're just the best book openings. I'm just like, thank God we're not a primitive. Well, I feel like Jamie Rowling just knew at this point that she was a really good writer, like, book three, and the reception to it proved to her that she was a good writer, and could, and she could show off a bit she could step away from harry and this was her first experiment doing it right yeah. in this different chapter and it's it's very differently written to everything else and she's just flexing at this point about how great she is and yeah like it's it's well, so good great she is in terms of writing well yes but, we know when we talk about she's good it's in terms of writing and nothing else we know that yeah <laughs> i love this so much i feel like i really hate harry potter as a character and the <laughs> fact that everything is from his fucking point of view i'm just like shut up you whiny like unobservant baby <laughs> but do you know the thing is I only feel like I've learnt to enjoy these chapters as an adult and like have the love for them because when I was a kid on rereads I used to skip over any chapters that weren't from Harry's perspective so I used to skip over the Riddle House the other minister Spinner's End and the one that starts off book seven the Death Eater Table one yeah they're the five did I count five just then four no, or five extra chapters I can't count yeah but uh, I love this so much and it's just like getting more context like I wish we had more chapters like this because yeah, I love getting context outside of just like Harry's incredibly biased and unobservant view Yeah, and it just like really enriches like the wizarding world it and does. the 
story around Harry. Mm. I just like... I oh. wish she'd done more of these. Yeah. Like, I think there's actually scope for Harry Potter to be one of those books that's written from multiple characters' perspectives mm. in the same way that Game of Thrones and his Dark Materials is from written from multiple character perspectives. And Harry Potter could have been written like that. Like, yeah. There's I a reason it would have added a lot. Yeah. I think it would have been very different. It would have been very different. And I think one of the reasons it's so successful is because it's written from Harry's perspective. Yeah. You can really put yourself in Harry. But I think there's scope for it to not be like that and it really would have worked so we open on the riddle house in little hangleton 50 years ago and it just reads like the beginning of an agatha christie Mm. like i think you can really rereading this chapter now after jk rowling has started her um robert galbraith series you can really see why she felt that inspiration for both that and the casual vacancy she's very good at depicting small village life Mm -hmm. very good at it and very good at setting up murder mysteries like her scope to of what she enjoys as a writer is all here in this chapter but 50 years ago the entire riddle family was found dead inside from unknown causes. Mm-hmm. Um, their gardener, Frank, was arrested, but yeah. then released after the police couldn't really identify why they died, which I'm just a, like, feel like this kind of sums up, like, you know how, like, the wizarding legal system, you're just like, that's that's questionable. Yeah. I feel like this is just, like, another instance of J.K. Rowling just, like, really not understanding how things work. They don't just be like, we don't know how these people died, so we're just going to stop looking into it. Well, like, I mean, there's a certain point where they have to stop looking into it, because Avada Kedavra literally leaves no trace and like the thing is nowadays there'd be a lot more research into it this is this chapter is set in 1945 yeah but I don't really think it's scoped for just like okay we're just gonna release this guy yeah like oh he didn't do it we can't work out how he killed them but he didn't kill them but fear killed them like they're like the coroner's report is like they looked scared Um, but by that time it doesn't matter because the whole village Mm -hmm. blames Frank which is so small village yeah I love this it literally is like the classic village thing and they're all like riling themselves up and like Like, it starts off with Frank being like he had a hard war we shouldn't talk about him like this and by the end they're like he was always going to murder people did you see the look in his eyes yeah and like oh I was saying that I got a bad feeling about him wasn't I saying that Doris like didn't I say that to you Dot yeah Yeah. oh yeah it's so painfully accurate so Frank tells the police that he saw a strange dark haired pale teenage boy near the house one of the reasons I love this chapter is because it is the first time that we get any like context into Voldemort Mm. before this he's always just been like he's bad because he's bad he's just the bad evil wizard and he he kind of appeared out of nowhere he's always been this bad evil wizard and then this is when like the books do start to get really really serious because we start to get this really like fleshed out enemy Mm. this you know he's not just bad for being bad and this is a bit you know our first insights into his like origin story but at the same time like we're learning about this but we get no information why like and we don't get information why until quite a lot later yeah it keeps like, you, a, a book keeps later? you waiting book six two mm. books yeah keeps you waiting so yeah we we learn about how there was this weird dark haired boy and then this riddle family died and we know that's the same last name as tom riddle but we don't know why do we even know tom riddle's name at this point like what point yeah. do we learn tom riddle's name chamber of secrets Yes, we do. You are correct. Okay, so if you're concentrating, you can put together that it's the same person. Yeah, but I think get... a lot of readers, especially if you're only reading these as they come out, like, mm-hmm. you know, we're reading them close together and we also know Harry Potter very well. But Chamber of Secrets came out at least two years before this. So if you haven't reread it since then, you'd be forgiven for just like glossing over this and being like, oh, whatever. This chapter raises a lot more questions than it answers yes but 
I love it. I'm so, all about, like, one of my biggest criticisms of the Harry Potter film is the fact that it cuts out all of Voldemort's backstory. So yeah. he is just this ridiculous, I'm evil because I'm evil. Oh, just don't oh. ask me any questions. Yeah. Whereas, like, the books have such, like, a beautifully crafted backstory mm. and that has so many elements to explain why he is the way that he is and then it just gets cut and this is where that begins yeah. and I love it I love it so then we switch back to 50 years so in the present and it says the riddle house has fallen to disrepair the man who now owns it uh, only owns it for tax reasons which is fucking hilarious and then she like very precisely explains that away just by being like no one really understood what that meant yeah, it do, is true. Do like, you, JK? Do you? <laughs> but it also is true. Like, growing up, you'd be like, oh, that big house, who lives in there? No one. Oh, it's like tax reasons. And no one's like, what does that mean? Yeah. And does that make sense? Because I'm pretty sure it doesn't. Or at least it doesn't, like, now. Maybe it did 20 years ago. <laughs> just but, like, now you'd just be like, stamp duty, no. Just no. <laughs> I found it free. No, but it, it might not even be for tax reasons. The point is, it's like the word that goes around the village. It's just yeah. what people say to each other. And it's so funny. Yeah, it's always like the vi- like we literally growing up had like the village millionaire. But we used to have like a big house in the village, like what used to be like the stately home of the village or the like the biggest house in the village that would have been the landowner. And we used to just refer to it as like the big house or the people that live in the yeah. big house. Yeah, it was a big house. The and big the millionaire house. lived there. Yeah, that was you, literally we had lived in the big house. house. Well. Yeah. And it's it's a, such a British village thing. Yeah. You have the big house, you've got the people that live in the big house. Yes. And we called it the big house, especially because my friend that essentially lived in, in his garden, basically what the millionaire to this day, no idea his name. Uh, <laughs> Does like, he still live there? I think so, yeah. Mm. But what he did is for some reason he built, he like cut off kind of like a bit of his garden with a hedge and then built a little house there that was like apparently for his son to live in or something. But sure. you're like... When your son grows up, he's not going to want to live in your garden. <laughs> in a tiny house. <laughs> Do you know house what I mean? Like, so I don't know if that was the truth or just one of those weird village rumours. But then for tax reasons. Yeah, for tax reasons. So my friend, like, rented that... Her parents, like, rented out that house until his son was, like, old enough to live there. It was so weird. But basically, like, this hedge only kind of, like, semi-bocked her garden off. Like, so you could literally just walk around the hedge and into the millionaire's garden and he had loads of apple trees so we used to go steal apples from the millionaire's garden that's called scrumping yeah and then that's why we called it the big house because there was the big house and the little house oh we just called it the big house because it was the biggest house yeah it was also by far the biggest house yeah. i mean they had a helicopter and a launch Ooh, pad fuck needs a helicopter no one is no the one. answer to that question so it's modern day and we learn that boys from the village break into the big house and right across the lawns that Frank has been so carefully tending to because he's still a gardener. Which, my point was, my boy Frank is 77. Boy should have retired. What what are you doing, Frank? He still cares for the house. That's the point. He's dedicated. My point was about how very British teenager this is. Yeah. Like, in a small village when there's fuck all else to do, what do British teenagers do? They hang around in bus stops and they hang around in derelict places. That's just what they do. Yeah. Like, my parents always talk about, oh, like, I'm really glad that, like, we brought you up in a village because it means that you didn't hang around outside of Tesco. And I'm like, okay, cool. But, like, the people that were just, like, hanging out outside of Tesco that lived in the local, like, housing estate... They were just hanging around outside of Tesco. Like, some of them were smoking, but, not, like, not all of them. But, like, when you live in a village and there was literally nothing else to do, like, everyone else I know aside from, like, me and my sister that grew up in our village got into drugs. <laughs> because they was literally... So you would go to the park and 
get yeah. off your face because there was nothing else to do. So I'm like, yeah, that's all well and good. We weren't stood around outside of Tesco, but at the same time, like there is a very high mortality rate. The people that I grew up with, like a lot of people are like dead or like have been or still are drug addicts. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's in general, when you raise a kid in a village and then they become a teenager, there's fuck all to do. And if there's a derelict house, you do break into it because it's something to do. Or like, you steal apples from a garden if you're a badass like I am. Scrumpy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, like yeah. What, 100%. Like, you, you, just, you do dumb shit because there's fuck all else to do. Exactly. Like, we didn't have a derelict house, but if we had, 100%, I would have been all 100%. Up in that shit. Yeah. Like, I am. Um, one time I did, because I don't agree with the concept of private property um and then <laughs> okay bear in mind this was this don't was, break into my flat please <laughs> this was um when i was doing my gcses i remember that very clearly so i literally was 16 at the time and this was before i particularly got into politics but i used to go and sit there was like a walk that you could do by my like around my village mm. and there was like a like really beautiful lake and then on the other side was like the most beautiful like grounds you've ever seen and there was like a bench in front of the lake and there was like loads of swans but it was like literally they're like on one side of the lake the not like lake but like stream but it was like too wide to cross there was like it was like a shit show it was just like an unkempt field right and I used to sit in that field and revise my exams for GCSEs and Cute. I always just could see literally the other side like a few meters away were just the most beautiful thing and there were swans and there was like um this like bench and i was like this is so unfair like this I is want the bench. this is private property and i was like i don't agree with this like how can someone like own this piece of land like this should be accessible to everyone this was so far before i got into politics i was just like always meant to be a massive lefty and then one day it pissed me off so bad that i was like i will find a way <laughs> I couldn't cross the lake. I feel like this is literally like, and I couldn't cross the lake. <laughs> I couldn't cross the lake. Um, I basically, I like, I traced the like stream all the way around, and then it got to a point where the village was kind of like halfway through the stream. So like, I kind of, I had to like just go through the village and then out the other side and find the stream, and then I literally just followed the stream up until I managed to find a bit where I could get over the stream. And then I kind of walked back down in the direction where I knew this was and it was all fenced off with like barbed wire. Mm. And then I literally just followed the barbed wire. This It took me about two or three hours yeah, when I should have been revising. And I finally found a point where I could get over the barbed wire and then I walked all of the way down and finally after like two or three hours got to this fucking bench. And I was like, yes, fuck yes. And then I like just sat there, just like, I've done it. I've stuck it to the man. <laughs> what more is there to do in life? I'm kind of terrified because I'm surrounded by swans. And then like eventually this man came up to me and he was like, um, excuse me, like this is private property, but how did you get here? <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, sorry. I didn't realise I was just walking and just happened to, to cross a barbed wire and he fence. And he was like, but it's, it's all roped off and I was like oh I know I, I was just walking and I just got here and he was really really nice he was just like the groundskeeper and he was like oh like it's fine like blah 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 and then he like took me to like the big house this wasn't the big house this was another, An- big, house another big house that was like slightly outside the village and then this man the like owner was there and then he talked to me and, he, and this is such a tangent I'm really sorry oh my god <laughs> and, then he, and then that man he, ended up becoming my husband yeah very in love and have three no, children. No, it was like this old man and 
he was like, oh, like, like, what were you doing? I was like, oh, like, I was just revising. And he was like, oh, you in school? Like, where do you go to school? And I was like, oh, um, Kesgrave. And he was like, oh, no way. Like, my, my um, granddaughter goes to Kesgrave. She's called Evie. Do you know her? And I was like, oh, Evie, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yeah. And... <laughs> I was like friends with. Oh my his god! You've broken into her grandpa's house. Yeah, literally. You've and stolen his swans. <laughs> yeah, and then um, yeah, and then he was just like, "Oh well, like it's no problem. Like you just knocked on my door. Like you you could have come here." And he's like, "Come back anytime. Honestly, you can just come and revise." So then I left and I never came back. No, I'm not surprised. I would have just got a swimming costume while I'm across the fucking stream. No, like you like you couldn't couldn't could I not? No. I'll take you there at some point. Okay. Wow. That was such tangent. <laughs> wow. Essentially, I don't like priority. <laughs> and neither do these teens. So one night, Frank wakes up, pain in his leg, and he goes downstairs and across the gardens, mm-hmm. the private property, which Charlie has no concept of, he sees a light <laughs> on in the Riddle's house at night. Essentially, I would have been one of those teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Clearly. I wouldn't have been doing it just to, like, cause shit. I would have just been like, no, private property is bad. <laughs> we should be reclaiming this for the homeless people. You shouldn't be owning this for tax reasons. <laughs> like, how do we know these were actually just, like, annoying teenagers and not just, like, political activists or people squatting? I'm surprised no one squatted. Yeah. Anyway, so he can tell it's a fire. So he goes into the house. He still has a key. He goes up to the room and he hears two voices. And as the reader, we realise very quickly that it's Wormtail and Voldemort. And they're talking about something about waiting till the World Cup is over. So we as the reader are thrown straight in the conversation. We're given no context. Nothing is explained. We are just observing a conversation. So it, it's kind of like we don't know the context of anything. And it's definitely a chapter that's there to be a nugget for rereads because mm. no one could hold the amount of information that's being passed back and forth no. in their head reading onwards but you go back and reread and you're like whoa whoa whoa, whoa it was whoa. all there it was all there in the text so Wormtail says they could do something without Harry Potter and this is the first mention of Harry Potter's name and then at first they talk about the boy oh the boy yeah for ages and ages and ages they're just the talking boy. about the boy and whether the boy is needed or not and he's like yes the boy is needed like and then eventually they mention Harry Potter yeah and you're like oh I am reading Harry Potter like, oh, I know, I know that lad. I know yeah. that guy, yeah. <laughs> the book's named after him. And then what I kind of didn't clock is that Bertha Jorkin's disappearance yeah. is mentioned right here. And then later on, it says, Voldemort says, you will be as useful as Bertha Jorkin's. And Wormtail says, you're going to kill me too. And I didn't know that as the reader, we're already meant to know Bertha Jorkin's is mm-hmm. dead. So the whole time they're like, Bertha Jorkin's is missing. And it's this kind of constant background plot in book four that's always just low but also frustratingly Harry knows but I mean I will rant about this later Harry forgets you forget your dreams have you ever tried to remember your dreams yes anyway did you mention about Nagini needing milking because he needs feeding (laughs) milk the snake the snake is like, I will need feeding tonight. Do do snakes have teats? I don't know. I don't think a snake has I, a teat. You must be able to milk a snake. There's no way she was just randomly like, milk the snake. I don't think snakes have nipples. I just googled milk, milking without the N. Milking snakes. <laughs> I don't think you Yeah, you can milk. I think it's... Why? Um, Does it have nipples? Oh, no. You milk it for the venom. That is... 
Oh, it's not milk. It's venom. We are idiots. My whole life, I think it was. I've grown but, up. I so know, he's like, just milk. like drinking poison. I, that is metal. Uh, there I is a Vice it, article. Why can't we stop milking snakes already? I thought it was milk, <laughs> like cow's milk, <laughs> like breast milk. No, I, I thought snake that as breast. Well, but I was like, that can't possibly be what it is. Snakes don't have breasts. Yeah, only mammals have breasts. I learned this in school. But that just means that Voldemort is literally just drinking their venom. That is cool, but so extra. Like Voldemort, Han, you could drink anything else. No, only venom will do. Oh, um, he's so extra. Yeah, Voldemort says a great line where he says, "Wormtail will be rewarded with a task that many followers would give their right hands <gasps> for." I, this is my first time oh noticing, and I was like, "Dog!" I have noticed it before, but I just fucking love it. Like, what a good drop in, Joe! Like, so yeah. good. And he's like, "I don't want to spoil the sp- surprise. Your part will come at the very end." It's just like he's trolling him. Yeah, he is actually trolling him it's um, <laughs> so Voldemort says how they shouldn't start the plan until at least after the Quidditch World Cup mm. and they hint at a third person oh, faithful my most faithful servant, servant at Hogwarts mm. which well he I, says my most faithful servant will be at Hogwarts by then yeah but does he or does he say they're already I, at Hogwarts? I don't know. I think, I think he just says that at Hogwarts because when I was reading this, I had the thought, like, wouldn't it be beautiful if it was someone that had, had been, been there, there the, the whole the first time? Book, mm. Which I know, obviously, like, in the first book, we do have someone on, like, Voldemort's side, but it would just be really good if there was someone there the whole time. Mm. I'd have um, to check whether he said they'll be at Hogwarts by then or just at Hogwarts. Yeah. Mm, it's very good. Uh, so then Frank on the outside sees the huge snake. It's coming up the corridor and he's like, oh my god, he's terrified. And this is the first time we ever meet the guinea. Mm-hmm. We've never met her before. And it's weird now that we know she's a woman. <laughs> oh, so I'll just ignore that. But she tells Voldemort that Frank's outside. And yeah. Frank's like, oh my god, he can speak to snakes. But he's frozen by fear. He cannot yeah. run away. But before this, Frank decides to go to the police. And then just kind of stays there. <laughs> well, his legs are frozen. But you're like... He's it's, a very old man. He's 70. But it's that like a horror film moment of like, you're just like, you want to yell at the screen. You're just like, run, run just run. like leave. Like, what are you doing? He's scared. Also like hashtag justice for Frank. Oh my God, I'm about to go into that. So Frank stands up to Voldemort. Voldemort calls him inside oh, the room him. and Frank's like, it was always like this in the war. I get the courage right in the moment. And he's like, who are you? Turn around and face me, you weirdo. And then Voldemort murders him. I know. My notes are literally, (laughs) Voldemort calls Frank into the room and Frank stands up to him. Frank! And then a crying emoji. And then the next point is, Voldy kills Frank. Sad face. Sad face. (laughs) So, Frank. Okay, let's talk about Frank for a minute. Mm -hmm. Frank went to war in his early 20s. This chapter is set in 1994 that means the 50 year ago chapter was 44 or 45 probably because we're guessing the war was over and frank's back from the war so he went to war he came back with as is described in the books in no everything but the word ptsd it yeah. said he had a hard war he was afraid of loud noises and crowds that's ptsd he then lived alone with everyone in the village hating his guts because they thought they he'd murdered someone mm-hmm. for 50 years and then got murdered for overhearing a, something in a house that he was trying to protect that's the most fucking depressing life story i've ever read yeah. 
Ethan Frank just seems like a gem. He's a gem. He has PTSD, got ridiculed by the whole village, and then murdered, and he tried to send up to Voldemort at the end. And oh my god, this is fucking horrible. This yeah. whole man's life he's was like, ruined. He's and like a frail 77-year-old, and he's like just standing up to this man that's just been talking about the people he's murdered. And, 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 and... Voldemort ruined both ends of his life. So he mm-hmm. was blamed for 50 years for something Voldemort had done 50 years ago and then was murdered by Voldemort 50 years later. So Voldemort ruined his life when he was 27 and then murdered him at 77 and ruined every year in between. Yeah. Like, Voldemort marked this man's life from the beginning mm-hmm. as something that it didn't matter to him. He, like, he may have killed his parents, but he inadvertently ruined another human being's life and it didn't even affect him. And... Oh, justice for Frank. Justice for Frank. What an angel. So then it fin- the chapter finishes with 200 miles away, the boy called Harry Potter woke with the star, which I think is like a, it's like a line that makes your like hair stand on it. Like, like, it's, it, it's beautiful. It's so good. I need some more booze. So chapter two, the, the scar. scar. Harry wakes from the dream with his scar burning. I just, I say this is like, Harry has cheat codes for life. It's just like the fact that he can just see into Voldemort's plans because they're connected. But it's just like having a cheat code. Just like you could just automatically tell what your enemy is up to. Well, apart from that, Harry can't fucking remember. So he oh, don't only, get me started. He only remembers like the big details of the dream. He forgets everything else. But I just like. And I get that dreams do that, but, like, whenever I've had, like, a particularly weird dream in the past, like, I do remember bits because I think about it, like, immediately. Like, I but wake I and I think, think about it. in every conversation. I think you're still only remembering the key points. But I don't feel like I have conversations in dreams. Like, you probably do. No. Like, I never have woken up and, like, remembered there being a conversation. My, my dreams are always, like, just weird shit happening. Well, he remembers um, the key points that it I'm was just Voldemort. Like, I'm like, dude, until... just, like, write it D- write it down <laughs> like you fucking ass just like grab a pen and just be a like quiddle. a quill I also noted that we're still doing the fucking storyline recap as if like someone's just like started a book four oh, like just like children my Harry was a wizard and, and this which is I kind fine. of restarted a book yeah, but, four like, I, and I get that people do that but like you kind of how the fuck can you explain like the third book no I know I know they tried to do it I also started to wonder which I'd never thought about before because the, his dream was chapter one, it was the chapter we just read, and because he can't remember it ho- properly, does this mean that we, as the reader, are meant to question whether what we just read was real or whether it was a dream? Is it kind of meant oh, to be like, because, oh, maybe it wasn't real, maybe it was just Harry's yeah, dream? Yeah, because we're like reading this now, and we know that Harry's dreams are like too legit to quit mm. but like <laughs> at this point when this book first came out like you don't know that these are actual like not premonitions yes. as such but seeing into what's actually happening so there's literally all could have been irrelevant this could have been like <laughs> the ramblings of a crazy person like yeah. we do not know that this is actual like information I think that it's meant to we cast can, out over the scene yeah and we can kind of guess that you know this wouldn't be written in there if it wasn't going to be relevant later on but there is kind of a weird but it was a dream thing because we haven't established yet yeah but like I, I wrote the note that like this is like 
further evidence on. I mean, there's a lot of evidence in the book, but this is the first kind of point that we get where it's like, if Dumbledore had been more honest with Harry, so much shit would have been avoided. Mm. Like, because Harry has this huge thing where he's like, I feel like I'm making a really big deal out of something really trivial. Mm. And he doesn't know who to tell. And he's just like, not communicating with the right people. Yeah. Um, he just so serious not... that his scar hurts rather than yeah. Voldemort's plan. And yeah. he does hear that Voldemort wants to kill him. Exactly. He's like, not telling the right people because he thinks it's just a dream. If he knew that actually his dreams could potentially mean something, he doesn't need to know why or the full truth. Mm. But if Dumbledore had communicated better with him at this point, then from now on that he wouldn't know. And obviously this comes in later on and leads to Sirius's death, among other things. Dumbledore, just work on your communication skills. Like, if you had just been a bit more honest with him, then he would have like known better mm. and he would know to communicate this kind of thing and then Voldemort wouldn't have come back yeah but I mean it's kind of like everything happens for a reason like Voldemort kind of has to come back when he does to and be think, taken down the way he does I think Voldemort has this thing of being like I can only tell him certain information at certain times when it's going to be useful to him and you know part of that all stems from that you know Harry is the pig for slaughter Harry has to die at some mm. point so I can't I can't tell him the full information because then he will know what he has to do and Dumbledore takes that to the extreme of every piece of information holding it back from Harry until he needs to know because it's best for him and he mm. can't make the choices of like a true innocent person whilst he knows these things but that kind of puts other people in danger and yeah. puts Harry at danger. Yeah, for sure. Even when his name comes out of the Goblet of Fire this information then would show that there was clearly a plan at play but Dumbledore's just like... I'm just gonna let this play out even though it's obvious even without that information but if Harry had communicated that information mm. I mean we will get on to Dumbledore's questionable decision making <laughs> in this book later on because it makes no sense yeah um, so yeah. Harry really wants to tell someone he's like and it's kind of sad he's like I could tell Ron no I could tell Hermione no I can't tell the Dursleys I wish I had a mum or dad yeah it's really sad and then he's like I have Sirius and it's this moment you're like yay Sirius like Thank God he's got this person he can talk to. Yeah. Even though they still barely know each other at this point. I feel like... Oh, you've just spilled <laughs> I know. I was hoping you wouldn't notice. <laughs> you look like an idiot. You've spilled drink over the words, my mum thinks I am cool. Stop bullying me. No. So um, he writes his letter to Sirius. And yeah. this is one of the only moments in the books that truly ages them. Because in the book, yep. he mentions a PlayStation. And also, I have a point to make about this. So oh, he mentions PlayStation and then he explains it to Sirius yeah. as a like type, type of computer. computer. However, this is taking place in the 90s. And Sirius has been in jail for 20 no, for 12 years. And it's also pure blood, so has never been around muggles. Yeah. So if he doesn't know the word computer, which is unlikely, he will only know in the context of like a supercomputer, like not an at-home computer. <laughs> so Harry's explanation... It's just that doesn't shit. help. No. He's like, it's a kind of computer. I'm like, Sirius doesn't know what a computer is, yeah. Harry. And, and I know that the logical reason for this is that either one, it just ain't that deep. It's a fictional book. Or two, like Harry's quite young. He won't really know that yeah. like computers not like And he doesn't know like the amount that pure blood wizards don't know yeah. about muggle life. But like, you know, this is Goblet of Wine, this is what we do. We point out this dumb shit. Yeah. So we tell Sirius about his scar. And and that's the end. That's it. That's a really so the chapter isn't actually short, but a hell of a lot of what we glossed over is like, and in Harry's first year, mm. and in Harry's 
third year. Yeah, it, it's it's the recap. Yeah, and chapter. she mixes it better than she does in previous books, but it's still like. And Harry looked in the mirror at his entirely black hair and green eyes, and yeah. I'm like, I know, we know, bitch, yeah. we know. So that's the chapter. That is the chapter. We've forgotten how to podcast again. What did you think of these chapters? Love, love, love the first one. The second one is just like filler yeah. context, like story building. Yeah. It needs to be there, but yeah. it yeah. could have tagged another chapter onto it. But yeah, love the first one. It, I find yeah. it so funny that I used to skip that first one as a kid because now I'm just like, it's so good. It adds so much. I just like, I like, I felt frustrated when I started the second chapter and it went back to being from Harry's point of view because he's just so annoying. He's so annoying and it's so refreshing just to not have to listen to his whingy bullshit. It's not as bad as book five when he's literally like, whinge, whinge, whinge. And like, I get that he has the right to whinge, but it's still just like, as a reader, sometimes you're like, Harry, for the love of fucking God. Like, can you stop being so dumb? Like, just just tell an adult. Just, just tell a fucking adult. But yeah, the first chapter is just beautiful and I love it. I just like, I do really, really love the kind of like world building and context building stuff that JK Rowling goes into. Mm. Like, I just... I love when we take a break from Harry's point of view. Yeah, and I, I do. I love I Voldemort's like backstory. I would love a, just a book around like Voldemort's like origin. I would just love a book of like the same thing, but from different characters' perspective. Yeah, like, the books just from all these, and I think that's what at some point a good TV show is going to do. Mm. They're not going to do the TV show from Harry's perspective. They're going to do it half from Harry, and then do a Game of Thrones other style thing. Yeah, where they take everything that's going on around Harry and turn it into an adult TV series. I hope so. That's what I hope. Yeah. So this has been fun. This has. Cool. What else do we do at the end of an episode? We just say goodbye. Right then. Bye! Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons, Katie, Veronica, Mark, Danny, Amanda, Sandra and Nathan. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind the scenes content and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.